0: Today I'm speaking with Ed Calderon. We talked about El Chapo, money laundering, government corruption, drug legalization, and so much more. For over a decade, Ed has worked in the fields of counter-narcotics, organized crime investigation, and public safety in the most dangerous areas in Mexico. He was truly on the front lines for the war on drugs. His appearances on the Joe Rogan Experience have accumulated over 10 million views on YouTube alone. Finally, to thank you for checking out the new show, I'm giving away a PlayStation 5 to one of my viewers. All you have to do is like this video and subscribe to enter. Full details are in the comments. Now please welcome Ed Calderon to the Welcome Home Podcast.
1: First off, Canadians, uh, Americans, and Mexicans, we all are connected in a lot of very deep ways. Um, the problem we're have the problems we're having right now with criminality i know for a fact there's cartel in canada i know for a fact there's people pumping in a bunch of the chemicals that are manufactured and or some of the drugs that are produced in mexico go to canada and i know that it's a big money maker for people for, for people that live live in the hills of sinaloa and guadalajara this is uh, in jalisco um this is a this is a regional problem this is a Purely regional problem. It's not a problem that Mexico has. It's not a problem that the U.S. has. Damn, it's not even a problem that Canada has. It's a, it's a regional problem. And I'm not just the guy that posts about things. Um, I was in the front lines as a uh, as a person that would fought in that drug war, that failed, horrible, still active drug war. And with that perspective, with that with that firsthand experience and that uh, on the ground experience. I'm trying to bring attention and call attention to things that I see that are kind of happening in the, in the, uh, in, in the country that, uh, I don't, I just don't see any play, uh, nationally. Uh, the first time I went on Rogan, I talked about China. The second time I went on Rogan, I talked more about China and about lithium deposits in Sonora. And, uh, that was kind of not talked about a lot, if not ever out there. And then, um, I've been on a few podcasts as well, and other news sources, and talked, and was quoted a few times on on some uh, reports coming out of uh, Mexico, talking about uh, the Chinese connection. And now, all of a sudden, everybody's exploding with uh, details about. Uh, uh, Chinese money launderers working out of Canada uh, uh, and working out of Mexico and working out of the U.S. Uh, laundering some of this money through Chinese apps and go, putting money into the Chinese banking system, which is completely off limits to Western banking uh, uh, police, policing organizations. And then that money just gets fucking laundered in China and then gets sent back to Mexico and sent back to um, uh, money launderers in the U.S. and Canada as well. So this, these are all things that I talked about before they were actually mainstream, and um, the reason I know about them is because I worked against some of them and I saw some of this happening way back when, or, or starting to happen. The thing, that, the thing that people have to realize is that I'm, I'm, I'm reporting on things that I got direct experience with, and also on things that I that people tell me are are going on. I I trained. A lot of people in Mexico, a lot of them are in law enforcement agencies across the country. Some of them are Guardia Nacional, some of them are Policia Federal, some of them are in the, some of the special military groups. And uh, they all feed me information. They send me uh, videos, uh, you know, updates on war fighting going on in certain parts, parts of Mexico, who's winning, all this type of stuff. And uh, this information I try and share with groups like Demolair. Um, I try and share with the, uh, people from the media that approach me as a subject matter guy. And uh, my main wish with all of this, uh, all, all of this uh, information that I put out there is for people just to be conscientious about the fact that this stuff isn't going on across the world globe, overseas. This isn't going on in Afghanistan. This is this is something that's going on in your backyard. It's going on in my backyard. It's going on in all of our backyards and it's a it's a it's a problem that will consume us if we don't give it the attention it deserves. Now, what's the answer? Full full legalization? I don't know. Um the answer is uh going after the cartels militarily, declaring them terrorist organizations? I don't know. Maybe that's going to be a thing. Uh, whatever that solution may be, it's not a solution that has been, it's not, it's not going to be the solution that has been tried over and over again for the past 20, 30, 40 years. It isn't working. We are in the deadly, we we just passed the deadliest year in Mexico's history, as far as people being killed in, 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 in cartel related violence in Mexico. 2020 was the most violent year by far in our history. Now, this with covid going on and the shutdown you know so whatever is being done and has been done for the past 20 30 40 years isn't working clearly and uh i know there's a lot of things on an on an international stage that are kind of distracting us from this whole situation but this is a cancer this is a giant tumorous growth uh, uh and uh you know just as it was unheard of for you know, a group of cartel guys to go into a town and take it over back in the 80s in Mexico—that was unheard of. Back in the 80s, it wasn't—it wasn't really that open. Uh, now you have whole states controlled by cartel forces with no fly zones over them. You know, that was unheard of. I think you're going to start seeing things like that in the U.S. and even Canada eventually, if because it, these 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 problems grow. You know. Hey Ed, but but, the, but we'll never let that happen in the U.S. Well, I mean, look at your Capitol building. Um, look at the riots <laughs> um, at last year. Um, there's uh, cartels growing weed in public lands on the US, in the U.S. Right under the noses of the government. Um, there's a. Uh, there's operations going on all over the all over the country where they ca- catch 80 cartel operatives from the new generation cartel and not even do a dent in their operations and their money making uh, uh, operations in the U.S. So, I mean, the problem is there. It's just, you know, for some reason, the populace just likes to think of it as a Mexico problem and not a regional one.
0: Yeah, I always found it incredibly bizarre when canadians or americans think this is a mexico problem it seems like canada and the u.s have a demand problem so is legalization kind of the only rational option that you see
1: Uh, i don't know uh i mean i mean let's say so another factor that people don't talk about and don't realize is mexico has its own drug user problem a giant Mm -hmm. one um uh, cartels in Mexico don't just dedicate themselves to moving drugs across the country. they also dedicate themselves to selling drugs in the country, right? So there's a big giant drug market in Mexico. Let's say you legalize all drugs including heroin, fentanyl, and whatever. you know we go the uh, I think there was, there's a state in, in the US that just did that, right. Um, Mexico doesn't have the infrastructure to deal the, the medical infrastructure to deal with regular medical emergencies. I mean, if you get into some an accident in Mexico, you don't have any insurance. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a it's gonna be a interesting ride. That's all I'm gonna say. And uh, I've been through it. <laughs> I've had my injuries. I've had my falls, and I've gone through them. The, being in a hospital in Mexico, it's not a it's not an easy thing. They don't have the structure. They don't have the infrastructure for that, much less to treat a giant user population now like uh portugal or mm-hmm. some of the european countries that are always kind of brought into the forefront of, as examples of how um decriminalizing users and just decriminalizing drugs in general would work um it, it mexico has a lot of issues that it needs to fix before it even approaches something like that so i don't think that's going to be the answer at least not in the short run um, the legalization of weed in some states and in, in, in the U on the US side did nothing but make the problems worse. Uh wow. As far as uh as far as drug production in Mexico. Um it's and it's it's not the US's fault. I mean, legalize weed. I'm I'm all just let, let just let me get this straight for everybody. I'm all about weed, you know. I've never I've never encountered a violent weed smoker, you know. It's like If everybody would smoke weed, everybody would chill out, right? That's probably it. I don't find anything wrong with a plant. And I do enjoy it myself every now and then. You know, I'm out of police work, so, you know, fuck it. (laughs) Um, But uh, weed and uh, things like mushrooms are not fentanyl. Are not heroin. Are not uh, uh, methamphetamines. Those drugs are completely different and... People trying to put all of those drugs into the same box are just insane. Um, it's not. It's not the same. So I think, I think there there, need, there needs to be some clear work as a society to catalog uh, and classify some of these things in a more intelligent manner. After that's done, then figure out which are these, which of these substances should be their own thing. I mean, I think uh, it's a broad brush to just say drugs. Right. Alcohol could be drugs. Um, uh, but uh legaliza- legalizing weed in California basically made cartels shift to shift their production more towards heroin. And it's not the main factor, but it's one of the biggest factors that led to that shift that then led into an epidemic of heroin. Uh, Fentanyl-laced heroin across the country in the U.S. You know, that was a that was a factor there for that to start kind of happening. Uh, Prescription opioid epidemic in the U.S. was another factor, uh, but it was a perfect storm, basically. Um, the The U.S. went after prescription opioids, and there was a giant void in the in the market, and um, the cartels just filled it with uh, their new cash crop, which is Mexican heroin. that That that, uh, the the fields that were covered in weed are now heroin fields, you know, poppy fields. it's 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 one of those examples of a, a solution that a perceived solution that turns out to be not a solution. Um, I, I, uh, maybe not full legalization, but you know, I, I think uh, reclassification, decriminaliz- decriminalizing users is going to be a, a probably a, a good thing to do. Um, but full legalization of all substances is I don't I don't see it uh, as a solution. I mean specifically for Mexico, I don't think it has the ability to handle such a thing.
0: Wow. So when you think about pop culture and movies and TV, there's this illusion of the guy named El Chapo, that he is, he is this, this image to North Americans. And in Mexico, I've heard you say that he was almost loved in some communities. What was his actual influence? And is a lot of it myth?
1: A lot of it, a lot of it is myth. I mean, he was a player. He was a high-level player. Um, he was connected. He set up uh, dr- routes. He he set up uh, schemes to build tunnels across the border. He was a smart guy. He was a w- he was a worker. He was a risk taker. You know, in any other life, he could have been uh, maybe a high-level politician, maybe or uh, or an investment banker, or a high-stakes poker player. You know. Um, he was he was he was very effective in what he did. Um, but he was not in any way, shape, or form the head of the Sinaloa cartel. That's wow. I think that's 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 one of the things that people need to look at and analyze and and question their governments. Um Ochapa Guzman took the place of the uh the, took, the place of, took the place of Osama bin Laden on the uh, on the US's most wanted list. Right? And Ochapa Guzman is not the head of the Sinaloa cartel. That uh, that uh, that distinction belongs to the El Mayo Zambada, who is a who is a shadowy figure that has long uh, since uh, controlled the Sinaloa cartel and, and been at its head and a leadership position, uh, and who's never been arrested. You know, um, so people need to question why El Chapo Guzman was put on the top of the list when everybody in Mexico knows that he's not the head of the Sinaloa cartel. So why was El Chapo put on the head of the list and not Amayo Zambada? And to this day, he's not at the head of the list. There's other people on there. Um, so I don't know. Uh, to anybody's uh, anybody's overreactive imagination, it might seem like he's an asset to the U.S. government because he keeps wow. uh, getting ignored, right? Uh a high-level arrest of mexican officials like the general general team fuegos getting arrested in in la and then getting released even with the overwhelming evidence against him um that is though these are these are things to look at and question now was the general Cienfuegos was the head of the counter narcotics operations in mexico he was our secretary of um is the secretary of defense basically uh, in Mexico during last uh, pr- the last president's uh, reign. There's a bunch of uh, recorded phone calls between him and members of a uh, Abel Bentran Leyva cartel, rivals of the Sinaloa cartel, and apparently he was working with them to try and gain, uh, try and make them a uh, better position in the drug trade in Mexico. Uh, now, all that evidence, is, e- evidence was tossed out by the federal prosecutors in the U.S., and he was let go and flown... On a on a government plane to Mexico and let go, he's not under investigation in Mexico. He's living comfortably at home. Uh, so, what what do you make of that? You know,
0: was El Chapo he just didn't play ball with the U.S. government, or was he an easy, easy newspaper article? Because when I think of his name, I think of someone that has escaped from prison. I don't even know how many times was the hype around his escapes why the US government took advantage of that really shiny he's headline
1: a, he's, a, he's a he's a he's a pretty good you know he's a pretty good scapegoat I think um, he's a he's a pretty good individual to kind of go after he's a he's an individual that embarrassed the, the authority figures in Mexico as far as his his multiple escapes you know he's a he's a he's a guy that was glorified and basically turned into a Mexican version of uh, of of um, Robin Hood and um, and he was an embarrassment for for the government on both sides of the border. Um, You know, there's there's rumors of a picture of El Chapo Guzman at Disneyland. So I don't know. I've never seen the picture myself, but there's rumors of it existing somewhere. Uh, So that's a pretty big embarrassment for the government, right? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think they used him as a scapegoat and, and and then it captured the media's imagination of this this cartel guy and Sean Penn going down there and fucking doing this Rolling Stone nonsense and um, whatever whatever that is, uh, but we're living in a period of time where where there's this Netflix series dedicated to him, where um, where during co- the COVID epidemic uh, his kids are handing out um, uh, supplies to the local populace with pictures of him on it on there. And uh, you know, whole petitions across the country are made to, to to get El Chapo released and shit like that, right? And um, the president of Mexico shaking hands with El Chapo's mom and talking to its law- to El Chapo's lawyer uh, on camera, no no shame, oh, in the open, you know, this is the surrealness of of, of Mexico. Um, but I think uh, we're living in a day and age when this, the, this these activities are glorified. Uh, these are the, the, these people are, are put in a, an, an almost legendary pedestal. Um, imagine, imagine a Netflix series of, of El Chapo, right? Which there are, there is one kind of detailing his life, kind of, kind of looking at the man, the myth, the legend was, uh, or Narcos Mexico and seeing some of these guys are kind of sexy and, you know, um, how they kind of go about their lives, how they're kind of heroic in their own way, you know? And then just realizing that most of these people are multi murderers and they're horrible and they they made people disappear. They rape women and children. Probably and at some point, some of these people probably did, and uh, and and they're they're just monsters of people uh, at, at times. And, and then and some of these people I got to I got to work against and or know about and got to meet some of their victims. And all of a sudden, there's this Netflix Netflix series about them uh, glorifying them, when I know uh when i know a mother that's still looking for two of her, two of her sons and she, she knows and was told by some of the people uh that knew their kids that they were made disappear by this figure that is now on a netflix show right
0: uh so i mean i've read that almost their the cartels or el chapo's brilliance was in their like public relations where they would Hire artists to do folk songs, or they would build soccer fields. were these guys very aware of the public turning on them, and were they almost public relations politicians in a way i mean a a lot of these a lot of these high level people and this is
1: something I've just you know just from interviews they've done uh, some of these people have done, and people seeing them speak and seeing some of the stuff found. Reading materials, uh, reading material found in some of the some of the safe houses that w- that have been found uh, over the years, and you know, El Chapo, El Chapo wasn't an avid reader, but he was a lover of movies. So every time he would get caught, they they would find DVDs in the uh, environment, <laughs> which is pretty interesting. Uh, and uh, you know, details of that, like I I know I'm, I I know a few people that uh, did some side exploitation in one of the safe houses they found uh, for El Chapo way back when. Um, the one that had the bathtub, um, the bathtub escape hatch, people, people can look that up. It's a pretty interesting setup. Uh, but he was watching, uh, Elliot Ness, uh, movies, uh, movies about bomb era stuff. That was kind of like some of the stuff that was there was mob era stuff. Uh, so you can see that probably, they probably have some sort of popular image or culture in, infused into their, the, the way they think about the world uh and a lot of it is inspired by mob era stuff you know so i i, I know they're taking a, a book out of some of their, their hearts and minds type uh, uh u.s opera- military operations in afghanistan and iraq where they're trying to you know get uh local sentiment by being a police force for them by solving local issues and squabbles uh by building uh roads um, by being more powerful than any government agency or official in the area. Um, this is how they shield themselves, and this is how they create human shields out of the local populace as well. Um, the reason why El Chapo's son was let go is because they, they said that they uh, didn't want more people being killed in, in Sinaloa uh, if they tried to rescue him, so they let, go, let, him, let, they let him go. If true or not if if that's true or not they basically used the Sinaloa, Sinaloa's populace as a human shield in a lot of ways um so yeah i mean they're very aware of it and i, I think uh they 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 the a, a few of these high level uh, people probably have taken cues or are students of history they they probably read up on some of the mistakes that uh you know, the the Cali-Colombia cartel made when they were coming up. The, they, they probably looked at mob-era stuff and racketeering and how they were doing their thing. And, uh, I mean, I, I think we can see that uh, the Mexican cartel is way beyond anything that the American mob was uh, during their time as far as the sheer scope of their operations right now globally. I mean, there's uh, reports of law cartel activity all the way into India in Africa right so it's 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 an insane organization as far as how it's uh how it's been able to grow and and in, in its influence
0: you've mentioned uh El Chapo's son there for those who aren't familiar with the story, there's one of the most bizarre videos of El Chapo's son essentially getting arrested in a raid and then shortly after they give him back to his friends. Can you explain? I still don't understand how that could happen. Who would approve? You have El Chapo's son and he gave him back. You explain that and how bizarre that was for you to see.
1: Uh well, I mean, you you see uh there's a there's the video of his arrest. Um a clear thing you can see from the video is one the sol- the, the the people doing the arrest are federal police. Uh they're part of a, a specialized federal police unit that is mostly related to reconnaissance, right? And the reason you can tell that and if people want to look at El Chapo's son's arrest video it's online all over the place. there's no specialty equipment on their rifles there no, there's no suppressors there's no um, there's no sights on the rifles that they're using so they're, these guys are they're not equipped for an operation of the level of arresting El Chapo's son So this this was pure chance that they found El Chapo at a party that they deemed suspicious and they decided to look at closely. You can see their fear and complete shock when El Chapo's son walks out of that party. And uh, part, when he's walking out, he hands something back to somebody that's inside there. It's probably a gun that he had on him. If somebody grabs a gun during a raid, you get shot, unless the people that are doing the raid are shocked by your presence and are more afraid of you than they are of the gun. Um, so you can obviously, that video tells you that these guys didn't know what the hell they were doing and that they were way over, in over their heads. Uh, they arrest uh, them, they move them to a secure federal uh, building in Sinaloa, and they wait for extraction. Uh, but as this was happening, everybody and their grandmother that belonged to the Sinaloa cartel was flooding the city. Uh, they, they did a full call-out for all members of the Sinaloa cartel to, to basically go into rescue mode for El Chapo's uh, son. And uh, federal forces went into the city as well, the military, and they were quickly surrounded by the cartel forces. Um, the cartels basically took hostage all the military families that live outside of the barracks in Sinaloa. Um, they flooded the city with more guns and more people than the government could. And um, they say that the president said to let him go to release him. I am of the uh, I am of the the thought, and most people are of the thought that. The people holding El Chapo's son were surrounded, and they said, "This is a no-win situation, so we're just going to let him go without being ordered or consulted uh, by anybody." Um, there's videos of the cartels shaking hands with the military, basically saying, "You know what? We don't. This this isn't our fight, <laughs> so we're just going to sit this one out." Um, and it's insane. It's it's a it's a pretty. It's a if anybody doubts that Mexico is a failed state uh that that is a pretty c- clear cut case video uh, example of how mexico as a go- the government of mexico is a f- is is a failed government basically um there's no fly zones uh, as far as, uh, over some parts of uh, mexico where p- government uh, forces don't fly over i mean if that if that doesn't tell you something you know
0: where are your thoughts on the rumors or maybe these aren't rumors that at one point, El Chapo paid a sitting president.
1: Every single cartel in Mexico is not it's it's not even about sitting presidents. Uh, the power the power in Mexico isn't the presidency. It's the military industrial complex in Mexico. That's the power. So you can't be the President of Mexico without having the backing of the military. It just doesn't exist uh military uh um uh, officials in Mexico uh specifically around the Mexican army enjoy an almost uh you know hereditary type uh status you know odds are if you want to be a general in the Mexican army if you don't come from family you are not going to get it you know it's a rare thing if you do uh so that that uh and they're the ones that are in charge of uh, you know selling guns and uh, ammunitions and building guns in Mexico, so they're, they're the power behind the throne. I think uh in every in every uh government uh, federal government change pre- presidency wise in Mexico, there's always everybody's looking towards who's going to be named Secretary of uh, Defense and it's because that's going to be the, the the nexus point between the president and the military that's the guy that's the guy that gets tapped basically and that's usually the guy that gets in contact by the cartels and and um and agreements get made right um military corruption in Mexico is, has a long long history um and i think uh specifically that's that's where you see some of the some of the uh the corruption happening at a high level not specifically to the president but around the military industrial complex in Mexico that's where the money goes
0: in terms of corruption, if you were to guess, do you think the cartels have flipped or corrupted a prominent U.S. politician?
1: Uh, so we we could think about it this way. Uh, a lot of the people that have made a life in the U.S. Uh, from Mexico uh, had their immigration processes paid for in full by unknown figures sometimes, you know? um again hearts and minds are not just one in in your backyard but also the one abroad so uh one of the most corrupt uh federal law enforcement agencies in, in in the US is the uh as far as you know convictions is the uh border patrol and it's because i mean again um the the amount of money and influence and and, and it's great it's too great for some people Um, so yeah, I do think that there are, there, there has been, uh, cases of high level corruption, uh, on the government side. Um, I do think thing I do think that shady shit has happened, uh, in Mexico, uh, related to CIA operations, uh, in, 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 from the U S in Mexico. Um, and I think they're still happening. I think, uh, I think there's more to, there's more to this whole fast and the furious operation that that meets the eye in in, in my in my perspective um, as far as uh, the us pumping guns into into Mexico
0: do you mind briefly explaining the fast and furious operation because it from what I've read it's mind-boggling
1: I mean it's it's a, it was basically an operation that was started during the Bush administration then and, and and was inherited to uh, to the Obama administration where the uh, they monitored uh, big purchases of guns by gun runners, and then they let them walk across the border to track them to see who, how, where they would end up, you know. And I, I it does the, the operation itself doesn't make any sense to me, um, but uh, that's apparently the justification for it and or the explanation behind it. Um, uh, you know, people like Eric Holder basically signed off on. You know, 50 cals and FN57 pistols and P90s and a bunch of ARs. That's crazy. Just walking across the border into Mexico. And uh, one of these guns was used to kill a federal agent in, in, in Mexico, a U.S. federal agent. Um, and that was what made it explode into a scandal. Now, what people don't talk about is that a lot of those guns were also used to kill many people in Mexico. And nobody talks about them. And nobody, because they're Mexican, so they're, they're not... Uh, they're not wordy to wordy wordy to be uh, talked about probably or something. Uh, to, a lot of my friends were killed by some of these Fast and Furious guns. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, a work colleague, um, was shot with his uh, wife and kid outside of his house with a uh, with two FN Five Seven pistols that were part of that operation. Now, um, in what mine would that be allowed? I mean, I'm going to track these guns, so I'm just going to let them walk across the border. You know that's just fucking uh, that doesn't make any sense to me insane and I've and I've heard all sorts of rumors about the reasoning uh, from CIA operations to destabilize the region so that the US has an excuse to go into Mexico that's one ex- that's one weird uh, conspiracy theory you know that was heard around that time when that happened um, Uh, Also that the CIA was trying to arm, or or the U.S. government uh, was trying to arm a single uh, cartel to make it the dominant cartel because it figured it was probably a better idea just to have one instead of a lot. So a lot of these guns actually ended up in the Sinaloa cartel uh, uh, arsenal, so that's what uh, the theory is. And there was legit talks about it being part of some sort of first stage of some sort of effort to invade Mexico, you know? Uh, by some people. So it's 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 a it's a it's a wild it's a wild place.
0: It really strikes me just how messy and nuanced this conversation is. I can't believe some people think this is a Mexican problem. No, it's a probably an addiction or a, a demand problem, but then we talk about political corruption and fear-based corruption and there's a whole other elephant in the room which is the financial systems. How are you laundering money? What's going on with these banks in Mexico? And I'm sure these are U.S. banks as well. Uh, How are they laundering their money? And what's going on at these banks? They have to be well aware.
1: Well, I mean, the new players in this whole money laundering system are the Chinese. Chinese companies already established all over the Mexico, all over the U.S., and in Canada. You have a lot of them as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Perfect way to launder money right now. You have a cash uh, company somewhere in, in the U.S., uh, that is Chinese owned and um, they have a lot of money. Um, you can put money into their business. They'll send that money into the Chinese banking system which will make it basically disappear for all American eyes. Doesn't matter what level of government you are. Uh, through de- various uh, b- various cash apps that are Chinese based that will change hands, They will change currencies and I'll, I'll, I'll have a million dollars somewhere in the US sent to China and then sent to Mexico in the form of pesos. And the U.S. can't do shit about it because it's done through the Chinese financial system. And it's done through transactions by Chinese nationals. And, uh, you know, a few burner phones, a few clicks, and you're, you're set as far as money goes. You don't have to drive your $5 million across the border in the truck anymore. And that's just the uh, that's just the electronic side of it. I mean, I've heard people. Uh, I've heard there's a bunch of now there's a bunch of gold being utilized, precious metals being um, utilized to transport uh, transport wealth. You know, I uh, even heard the story about this uh, this guy that moved a bunch of his uh, um, drug trafficking funds in the form of collectibles. So instead of moving, wow. <laughs> instead of moving, I don't know. in a a duffel bag on a plane. Uh, You buy three or four Star Wars figures that are worth somewhere in the vicinity of $14,000 to $15,000 or some shit like that, and just put them in your pocket and just fly from one part of the world to the other. And nobody's wiser.
0: What are the cartel's thoughts on drug laws? I assume... They don't want legalization, or do they not really care because the demand will, will always be there in some way?
1: They don't really care. They don't. They, I mean, if, if they did, they would be actively pursuing it uh, through paying lawyers and activists to kind of go into the whole legalization route. So, you know, Mexico just legalized, uh, the, the legalized the recreational use of marijuana. Now, it's a slow process. It doesn't mean you can go outside and just smoke a giant joint in front of a cop right now. Uh, it, 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 takes time for it to catch on, but, uh, uh, it, 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 it puts a, uh, it puts a clear pass into commercial recreational marijuana in Mexico. Uh, and people say, well, that's a good thing. It's going to eliminate, uh, it's going to eliminate a, a cash maker for the cartels. Well, you have to realize that most of these cartels are already invested in commercial grows, so it's, it's so it's, uh, no, that's not, that's not at all. What's going to happen. Um, they they already they've already moved into that uh that uh business. So people have to realize cartels are not exclusively criminal enterprises. They're not just dedicating themselves to anything illegal or criminal. They do that on top of the legal businesses that they own or they they have influence over or control over. Right? So this means nothing to them. They they're just they're just they'll just adapt, you know. They
0: they, they, divers, they diversified their portfolio years ago. So this is This is one more part of it. You mentioned uh, terrorism organization. That seems like it would scare off the cartels if that shifted. Is it going to happen? Why or why not?
1: Uh, As far as them getting labeled as terrorists?
0: Yeah, for the U.S. government.
1: Yeah. um, So one main argument that people have is that that, that, uh, cartels are not terrorist organizations because they don't have a clear political... uh uh ideal ideology that they're pushing forth well it's funny they say that as one of the main arguments against it because mexico also has the lar- one of the largest political killing uh numbers in the world i mean people that are mayors people that are going to go into politics people that are in campaigns get assassinated in Mexico by people working for cartels or assassins by that get hired by the cartels all the time it's also one of the one of the most dangerous places in the world to be a to be a reporter right so why would why would a criminal group seek to silence reporters and kill political candidates and or officials Like, why would a criminal enterprise do that? Yeah. Well, the the reason is because they have clear political motivations, and they want to get the want to get some people out of the way, and also they don't want the truth being said about some of these things, so they silence the media. So they clearly have some sort of political motivation, right? Of so course. Th- also, why would you leave a bunch of your uh, your rivals hung strung up on a bridge? Why would you Why would you disperse torture uh and murder videos of uh of your rivals on on social media and or on the internet for your rivals to see and just people to look at what you're capable of you know, why would you leave a cooler full of heads outside of a police station uh it's create terror it's a, it's a fear uh it's weaponizing fear it's weaponizing gore it's it's uh it's uh it's 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 psychological uh warfare device um uh, all of these ISIS uh, highly produced ISIS videos uh, that came out of uh, the Middle East uh, during the whole ISIS thing, uh, those, all of those were inspired by cartel torture videos. The, the the cartels were the first ones to kind of make torture uh, propaganda a thing on on on, on the internet. So. They meet every single requisite that I think of as far as uh, being a terrorist or, uh, being a terrorist group or organ- a group of organ or organizations, right? That they meet all the criteria in my mind, but in the U.S.'s mind, they don't. And I think one of the main reasons is because of their pol- of their immigration system and how it's set up. Um, somebody coming out of Mexico fleeing because they had somebody in a cartel threaten them will now have. The legitimate claim to to uh, asylum in the U.S. because they are fleeing from a terrorist organization. So that small oh, that small bit that small detail keeps cartels off the uh, keeps all cartels off the of the uh, designation of uh, being terrorists. I think that's probably one of the main ones.
0: This is such a, a, a there's no clear solution I've gathered and there's not a lot of optimism in your voice. If you were the if you were the the king of the world tomorrow, would you put the terrorism designation on them?
1: If uh, I mean if I was a, If you could choose. Uh first off, I would call the problem in Mexico what it is. It's a narco insurgency, right? It's not a policing problem. It's not something that you need more community policing to kill. Uh, you, need, you need more squad cars. You need more b- b- people in uniforms patrolling. No, it's an insurgency. It's a narco-insurgency by over 150 to 190 armed groups all over Mexico. That's what it is, right? So anything short of declaring martial law and going after these people militarily is not going to do shit. That's, my, that's kind of my main uh, thought process behind the problem itself. Another another thing is that I don't see any solution that involves the government in Mexico as being part of the solution. I think there has to be a political shakeup and or reform at a high level in Mexico. Um it can't be that if we if if Mexico wanted to go after these cartels hard, right? And it decided to say, "You know what? I know about uh I know about the constitution and I know about my um uh, my sovereignty and everything, but uh, this this problem just sur- just surpassed us. So we're gonna let uh, international um, aid come in. That that is another block into Mexico fixing this shit because there's just no political will to let external forces into Mexico to sort shit out or fi- help us sort shit out. Um, uh, so I don't know. Um, it's a regional problem. It's a regional problem that requires, you know, multinational solutions and and people working on it. And uh, China is a big factor in in, in fest and uh, how some of these things are are now getting worse. I mean, again, they're the main players as far as money laundering right now. They're yeah. they're the game, so and they're also the main suppliers of fentanyl and 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 precursors for for methamphetamines in, in Mexico that all make their way up to Canada and 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 the United States. So I mean, it's a problem with a uh, it's a problem with a lot of uh, people behind it, and uh, you know I I just I just can't I just can't help but think that they're winning and they have been winning for all these years because things are getting worse.
0: I've heard you say once you climb into their pocket there's no way to climb out. You said no to corruption, you said no to taking money. What what separates the person like you who says no, keeps their head down and the person that says yes, I'm I'm going to take the easier path. What separates the two people cuz they're very very different?
1: I don't I don't think it's an easier path. Mhm. I don't think it's an easier path, Um, you know, I mean, just speaking from some of the people that I found that turned desperation, need, you know, um, I was pretty lucky in that I was not married and I didn't have any kids when I was going through all that, so it was just my skin that I had to worry about, Uh, but some of these guys had families and, and school that they had to pay and the wife's new car and bills. And a house to support and uh I, I guess desperation pushes some people into it um not all of them some people are just greedy you know every now and then i would see a guy show up with a fucking hummer 2 work <laughs> which was fucking insane that was just right at right there in the open you know but uh i don't think it's an easy it's the easy path though i i, w- I wouldn't say that i would say it's a path. Uh, it's not a long. It's a, it's not a path of longevity, though. Um, you, there's no way you can you can you survive it that long. The reason why it's a dangerous uh, or not long lived path is because if I'm a if I let's say let's say uh, let's say you work uh, in a police organization and or a group uh, law enforcement organization that goes after you know narcotics and people that work in that field. If you uh, if I if you work for the senior law cartel as a plant in that organization, then the rival cartel will kill you just to affect the interests of that uh, organization that is paying for your services. Wow, that's why it's uh, that's that's the danger. It's not being caught or arrested. The danger is just being offed by the rivals who find you out as being a, a plant for the for the for the other organization. So it's in their best interest to eliminate you.
0: I imagine in law enforcement, this is not a nine to five. You do not turn it off. You might be grocery shopping. You might be going to uh, a sporting event. There's always going to be some underlying rumbles of anxiety or paranoia. Am I right to assume that during your years working for law enforcement, there was no turning it off? You were always on paranoia.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, educated paranoia is what we used to call it. You know, you, you uh. educate, you, you, you educate your paranoia. So you're smart about what you're afraid of. Uh, yeah. You know, you get a day off and you spend it at the military barracks because it's safe in there or you get a day off and you go to San Diego uh, and just hang around there instead of being, being in, being in, in Mexico for some reason. Uh, it's easier over there and safer, you know, you can just kind of meld into the, the background and come back to work. Uh, and it never goes away. You know, there's always fear. There's always worry, you know, we get this question a lot. Like, aren't you worried about the cartels coming after you? And I was like, well, you know, yeah, but that, that wasn't, that didn't stop me going into law enforcement. So why would it stop me now? You know, um, there's always a fear of that. Um, I've never gone after anybody personally. I don't share information that is not already known in a way shape or form and I'm not sharing any secrets per se I'm just bringing awareness to the problem um most of my fear realistically is things getting worse my fear is this stuff getting ignored and my sadness comes when I talk about something that is common knowledge in Mexico and it's completely mind-blowing to people on the U.S. or Canadian side as far as as far as something they didn't know about you know um you know, some people don't know that there's a bunch of uh, drones that move drugs across the border every moonless night that we have in on the border region when there's fog. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, a lot of people, don't, uh, I've talked about fully submerge, uh, submersible uh, uh, submarines uh, moving drugs into the U.S., and they hadn't caught a fully big submersible uh, sub till only recently. I think it was probably November that they caught this big one. And it's the first one fully first fully large submersible that they found. But I knew about their existence uh, years back. I mean, so it's one of those things where the sadness I get is when some of these things that I tell people that are kind of brushed off as "nah, it's not probably not true" and or. It's probably not real and all of a sudden you see the news and there you go uh, talking about china and chinese influence on cartel operations and all of a sudden seeing reuters do this expose on money laundering by chinese companies and everybody's looking sober at me it's like yeah told you <laughs> um that's the fear for me is that you know things just not being known about and going silent uh
0: Ed, I, well, I thank you. I'm not going to lie. I definitely felt quite anxious when you're bringing certain things up. And I don't know if I, it was probably just my ignorance on the topic. I thought maybe there would be a more optimistic or this is what we should do, or this is what we shouldn't do. But it seems like this is a very nuanced and meaningful, but also complex problem that we all have to deal with, Canada, US, Mexico. To wrap up, I just wanted to ask, Any Canadian mid-20s or American mid-20s that's listening for entertainment value and they're saying, hey, this is entertaining. I watch the Netflix show. I listen to the podcast. Why should they be concerned that this is going to affect them as adults up here in North America?
1: I mean, it's... uh... (sighs) It's... You start you start uh you start missing the small rules and the big rules won't matter that's what happened in Mexico you know uh and people can laugh at that but you can be in Tijuana and then and then get into a car and go to la and see how la is right now the LA has 30 million dollars bus going on of people laundering cartels laundering money in the fashion district in the open so if that is not a clear sign of how things are deteriorating on the U.S. side that are turning things and I'm from Tijuana, I'm from Mexico and I go to fucking L.A. and I'm like, holy shit, this is bad. Um, I think Canada will get to that point if we don't uh, all of us start kind of solving shit on, <laughs> on, on the Mexican side and or on, in the U.S. side and even the Canada side, just putting some more attention to it. It's a corrosion it's a corrosion that takes time, but eventually, you might see some high-level stuff happening on the Canadian side, and you don't want it to get to that. Uh, it's a it's a nexus point. It's a it's a, it's a moment that things shift or sh- change. You know, uh, the unheard of, the un the un uh, this could never happen here, and all of a sudden you. You have a neighbor abducted by a criminal organization because he owns a business and they want some of it and he doesn't report it because he's an immigrant, you know, and then the shit happens and things start changing. Um, you
0: know,
1: I think, uh, all of us have to get together and try and solve this problem before it gets to that point.
0: Ed, well, I'm thankful that when someone emails you or calls you, you pick up the phone and you're willing to have these conversations. I guess all we can do right now is raise awareness so what's going on in Mexico isn't uh, a a dark zone. So thank you very, very much. No, thank you. To celebrate the new podcast, I'm giving away a PlayStation 5 to one of my viewers. All you have to do is like and subscribe. That's it. Full details in the comments. Good luck.